What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 100 of the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. We are live at 6.30 on Tuesday, but you are possibly hearing this on Wednesday on audio form. I haven't quite figured out the uh, logistics of this. Welcome to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast, episode 100, 100 extravaganza, spectacular, whatever gimmicky bullshit I decided to name this. I am your host, Mike Renition. I am joined, as always, by Nick Price and Devin Jackson, my colleagues over at Blue Chip Scouting. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well, man. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> as, as unfortunately, I'm uh, a little pixelated. So yes, we are joined I, by uh, what appears to be like if Devin was cosplaying as one of those like Emperor Palpatine uh, um, holograms on uh, in Star Wars. Uh, I can't see him. It's very unfortunate. Nick, <laughs> take it away, man. <laughs> All I want to say is I'm very much alive, and that's that's basically how I'm doing. <laughs> not quite as as uh, invigorating as normal from Nick. Not quite the everything is delicious uh, uh, Ben Solak-esque intro. But alas, here we are. Uh, before we get into uh, today's discussion, I just want to, again, thank everyone that, that's watching live and is, is listening to this. Um, whether or not this is your first time checking out the podcast or you've been one of the unfortunate souls that had to go through Devin and I in those really early days, like those first two, three months where we had to talk solely about the big 10 and it was not good football. And the audio on this podcast was God awful. We appreciate you nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, it's been a crazy uh, couple years doing this podcast. Uh, Like you said, I remember we, started off and it was very much just all big 10 pretty much the audio was you know in and out terrible and uh now we got our own mics uh we're on a better uh platform in terms of uh you know just recording things uh things are much easier and of course you got nick along as well uh and he he was he was on as a as a guest uh as we started to transition uh, out of just covering the big 10, but he was there for some of the early days. Yeah. Uh, without, without uh, much debate, a lot of thanks has to go to Dalton Miller. Uh, when we joined over at, at blue chips Scout for letting us continue to do our own thing or sorry, letting us begin to do our own thing and take the, the podcast in the direction that it's, it's been in. And thank you to some of the amazing guests we've had on uh, Connor Rogers from bleacher report twice. Uh, Eric Edholm of Yahoo sports, uh, Joe Marino of the draft network. We've had a lot of awesome guests on, uh, I'll be honest, when Devin and I started this, Devin and I had never heard each other speak before. And um, yeah, it, it showed in like those first five, six weeks because uh, we also couldn't see each other either because of the, the platform we were using. So it was just terrible all around. Neither of us had a working microphone. Neither of us knew what the hell we were doing. I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't think we'd make it through the end of that first season, but here we are. <laughs> Uh, about 95 episodes beyond where I thought we'd end up uh, going. Um, 
and like I said, we've had some some amazing guests on. Here's to a hundred more. Uh, here's to a hundred with Nick as well. Uh, Nick, you've been a valuable uh, asset along the way. Um, we're so glad that that you agreed to come on and, and become part of the team. Um, and you know what? Kudos to those of you that that were back in in full force when we had to take a little bit of a break because of uh, Devin's former employer. Hashtag fuck Devin's former employer. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we had to take a two three month layoff, and we would have hit episode one hundred a long, long, long time ago if it weren't for that. But um, you know what? We're, it, it, we're, we're here now. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, players that we've watched, uh, some some tape breakdown and all of that. And uh, our guy, Saray Pool already uh, coming with the fire. If you're listening to this on audio, you're missing, you're missing out. Uh, Girls are temporary. The tape is forever. The immortalized quote of one Dante Colinelli. I, I am bound legally to, to, to slightly disagree with that that statement. For, for reasons that I can't say publicly, but just, yeah. I I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with that statement. I'm just going to put it out there, and that's all I got to say about that. But, yeah. I am neither here nor there. <laughs> Valid. Valid. Uh, anyways, um, so, you know, we haven't had the three of us on anything in, like, three weeks. Um, so, Nick. Why don't you start us off? You've been watching some players. You uh, just wrapped up a position. I want. Why don't you talk about some players that, that caught your eye? All right, cool. So, oh, all right. Got the fingers cracking. You know, you know he's about oh, to get down. Oh, he's business. it's business time. So, guy, I really want to talk about, and I kind of teased this to, uh, Friday is a, a little known player from uh, formerly of Oklahoma named Grant Calcaterra. He. Medically retired from football two years ago, due to a litany of injuries that that he unfortunately had to had to work his way through. He decided to come back, come out of retirement. He, I think, he originally was intending to transfer to Auburn, but then I think he must have like pulled out of that. Now he's at SMU. Which, lucky for me, I get to watch him again. Um, overall, going to the season, I gave him, going to the season, I gave him a fourth round grade. I think you know. Given everything that's happened to him, given I'm watching you know tape from three years ago, I think that's a, a fair enough assessment. Um, relatively versatile, doesn't he? I think I saw him playing in line, uh, in the slot. You can kind of put him out wide too. He's he's got enough quickness, enough uh, athleticism where I think he could really work out on the perimeter or in, or in the slot. Um, at Oklahoma, I didn't really notice him run, run that many variations of, of routes. It's it's really it's relatively simple stuff, but like he he did well enough to where you know he was able to leverage a you know, separation from you know from receivers or from uh, defensive backs. Um, really good at the catch point. I I, I you know as I've noticed recently, Oklahoma has been producing some really interesting tight end prospects. You know, dating all the way back to Mark Andrews, and now we got Austin Stogner, who I'm also a massive fan of. So, uh, but I like overall, I'm, I'm really happy to see where Calcaterra goes this season. I think, you know, they have already have a lot of good pieces there at SMU. They have a really good run, running back in, uh, I think it was Ulysses Gilbert, uh, Reggie Roberson, Danny Gray. And then they have, and I don't care what you all think about Tanner Mordecai. I mean, he, 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 he's, he has enough weapons around him where I think he could find some success. 
So I, I think, you know, going into for the season, he's a senior grad transfer. Um, I, I like his I like his projection of this season. I like his outlook. And I, I, I think he, he might be able to reclaim some of that former hype that he once had a couple of years ago. So he is going to be an older uh, prospect, which, you know, you have to, to take into consideration. But I mean, I'm watching guys in the Sun Belt that are going to be 25 years old come draft day. So uh, with if, with him only he, being 23, 24, I, I, I'm cool with I that. Care. I think I he's care. I remember his his hive going into the season where unfortunately he had to retire. I'm glad he's come. He's come back. Uh, hope. I mean, combine medical rejects are going to be massive for him. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. That's my um, one thing is like, and don't get me wrong, that combine medical rejects are going to be massive for a lot of guys. I mean, we've talked about Peyton Wilson on the on this program a whole lot and yeah. i mean he's had two knee surgeries and two sh- uh, two shoulder surgeries so and, and some off the field things and as well. some off the yeah. field things so i yeah. mean it 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 is it is august right now so right now i can just be excited about the player right right for sure for sure but no I'm, I'm gonna be kind of a nervous wreck because I, I really am think i'm gonna go go to bat for calcaterra this season provided he plays well so like I'm gonna be kind of like on the edge of my seat waiting for you know those rejects to come out of the combine, but I, I hope it all works out for him because I, I think he kind of deserves it. Oh, definitely. He's had to he's had to work through and work his way back from a whole lot of part of my language, a whole lot of shit. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I watched an absurd number of players. Like you guys always make fun of me because like they, I'll get and he really did it. <laughs> yeah, he actually. I say you really did it. Yeah, no, no, no. I I decided to just take full meme form, and instead of just doing like you know, you guys make fun of me because I'll do like six players in a week. Uh, I think there was like a two day stretch where I did like eleven players last week. Um, just absurd numbers. I'm putting up like um J- Jimmy Butler at age thirty six type contract numbers in terms of number of players watched. Uh, at least it feels that way. Uh, hashtag NBA uh, contracts is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> however, uh, I don't know about you, gentlemen, but Brandon Joseph, m- good God, that kid's a monster. I don't know what lab he was formed in, but can we can we just get more of him? Can we get like, thank you uh, for the Eagles. I will take twelve of him. I will yeah, take twelve. I mean, he's he's amazing. I mean, you if you watched Greg Newsom last year, you saw him make plays mm-hmm. just all over tape, and I, I'm really not surprised about the hype he's been getting. Because I mean, to have you know lead your team interceptions, you know, uh, essentially as your first year as a starter, um, and just completely erase that side of the field when he's back there. I mean, it's it's insane. You know, I I know. Uh, Few people within Blue Chip Scouting Group, you know Dante. Obviously, the Big Ten. This is he loves him a lot. Uh, Jared watched him, uh, I believe, last five week. Player, I I don't hate that. I mean, he he's really good. Him and Kyle Hamilton are without a doubt the top safeties in this draft class, and I don't. It's really not close to the next person. You know, I mean, they're just that good. You and I have had this this conversation off camera, Devin, where you know the top of the class in general is run by defense it's 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 run entirely by defense um and i've said that as long as your top three is 
some for some combination, like doesn't matter the order of Kyle Hamilton, Derek Stingley, and Kayvon Thibodeau. I I don't care what the order is. Those are the three best players. You know what? Your four, your top four has to include Brandon Joseph as well. Um, he's and also, he, it's and a, it's absurd. And, and you know what? That that is top ten player in the class, Sauce Gardner. I don't care. I see him being rated way too low by people, and I don't get it. I don't get it. He's really good. I know he's grabby, but you know, I you mean, JC Horn was grabby. Yeah, JC Horn went yeah. eighth, and he was grabby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Listen, we're gonna use that argument, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'd rather have him be like you know a little grabby in coverage than like completely like unphysical at all. I mean. Just, just you got to be physical to in today's game. Yeah, right. And here's the thing, and like he's willing to tackle. Like that's one of my favorite things about about Ahmad Gardner. He's willing to actually tackle. Um, but you know, I so I watched Brandon Joseph. He was phenomenal. Um, I I got to watch uh, some some of the Boston College guys. Uh, Nick, you are right. Tyler Vrabel is meh. Like he's just very meh. I told you. I listen. Listen, no disrespect to him or his father or that entire family, but like, I'm I'm sorry, like, I I see a day three player, I yeah, I see a, I see a swing tackle and backup. Like, I I I don't think unless you move him inside the guard, I don't. Think I have forward. him behind Jalen Duncan of Maryland. So, Jesus, I think you I I I was you. not impressed. I I was impressed with left tackle who will be swinging inside the guard again this year in uh, in Zion Johnson. Um, He's good. He's really good. Zay Flowers. Uh, I like Zay Flowers. I think he's going to get buried a little bit in this class. I still have him as like a top 50 player for sure. Um, Russell does not approve of that message. I, I am aware. I am aware. Trust me. My my concern is with someone that's like, five, I want to say he's, five, is he 5'10"? I think. But I think like, he's like 5'10", 178. Where are we getting you targets? Like, how are we are are we gonna have to manufacture targets for you? Which is what Boston College did, and the success rate of a wide receiver that small. Like we were just talking about this past year with um, Devonte Smith having that, and Zay Flowers is not Devonte Smith. No, that's uh, I still think he's a, a good enough route runner. I think I would I would. Oh no, he is. He is. That's I just, why I was concerned. I mean, again, second round is 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 really good. Keep in mind, at this time last year, I had Devontae Smith in the second round. So I, guess, I, guess I do remember that. Of- yep. And I, I took I guess- a lot of shit. And you know what? This year, the guy I'm taking a lot of shit on in terms of the wide receivers is Chris Olave. Because I have him wide receiver six. But I had Chris Olave before he went back last year at wide receiver eight. That is uh, quite spicy. I, I will say that. But like I said, I, I respect people that stand on their convictions and, and don't like, you know, they're pretty set with what their rankings was. And, and like you say, you took a lot of heat for Devontae Smith last year. And, you know, you just took it in stride. You and know, then he, he, then he, he ended up one of the Heisman. He, yeah. <laughs> he, he outperformed by expectations. So, you know what that means? That means that one of Chris Olave or Zay Flowers is going to win the Heisman this year. I would it's say most likely Olave. Between probably the two. Olave between the two of them. Uh, okay. 
Can I just can I talk about one guy from the Sun Belt that I did not expect to like have like didn't even know who he was until about 15 minutes before I sat down to watch him. It is Texas State. I thought I was done with them, but alas, I was not. Texas State corner Jerron Morris. He is five foot nine, 157 pounds per their website, which means that he's probably about five foot eight, 150. He's a corner. Um, I saw him high point the football against ULM. Why I decided I needed to watch more ULM in my life, I don't I don't know. But he high pointed the football in the end zone and took it back 100 yards for a touchdown. He then high pointed the football against Louisiana Lafayette against a six-foot wide receiver and got an interception there. He's got good ball skills. Um, the one ding on him that knocked him based off of our grading scale a lot is at 150 pounds he can't tackle like i saw maybe make one tackle in three games um and it was it was a grab at the ankle and hope to god that someone you know came because i mean he tried to make a tackle against a uh, louisiana lafayette's tight end and ended up about five yards backwards and like flipped um yeah, he's not sturdy enough. He can't come up and run support if he's that bad. Like, he tries, but he's just, he's not, he's never going to be su- successful at that size. Good player, though. Third uh, third leading, uh, uh, sorry, third amongst returning players in interceptions across the entire country. Which, by the way, one, two, and three are all in the Sun Belt. So, like, it is turnover city in the South, baby. Um I'm not sure if that's because the DBs are good or because the quarterbacks are bad. I'm going to lean on the latter. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, I have to watch (laughs) Jake Bentley. So I know it's the latter. So good luck. Fuck. Good luck. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. But yeah, I mean, you know, the, the thing about the interception numbers is that it's like, you know, they, I feel like the Sun Belt more than any other conference are just willy nilly everything. Like, oh, yeah, they, they no put, structure they to in, anything. They don't care. Like, our, I can't tell you how many times Arkansas State just chucks the ball down the field. Just oh, oh I, I can tell you, I can tell you because I I've had to watch Dahoo Green, and by the way, Dahoo Green, the wide receiver from Arkansas State, fun player, will be twenty five years old come draft day. Started college. Started college in 2016. Well, you know, on some of these rosters, you'll find a lot of guys that have bounced through multiple all over the place. Fives. Like yeah, Dahoo so Green started at Oklahoma. Five. I mean, yeah, then they then they end up at uh, you know, the Sun Belt uh, Conference USA Mac. Hey, Mount I get to West. watch James Blackman at quarterback this year. Y'all remember um, James Blackman, the guy that is yeah. taller than both Devin and I, and Devin and I both have about a hundred pounds on him. Honestly, I think Devontae Smith is bigger than him. <laughs> I think he is, but Devontae Smith is five foot eleven. James Blackman is six foot five. He needs to. I'm, and I feel like they've been trying to put weight on him for years, and it just has not worked. It just hasn't. It just hasn't. Anyways, I I I just kind of went on a total tangent and got like 
five players out of the way there. So I will. I am going to sit back and shut up and let you gentlemen talk for a bit. Well, uh, I'll guess I'll go ahead since both of you have talked about players you watched lately. Uh, I've been watching uh, Tyson Anderson uh, to Toledo today. Uh, he's a safety uh, number one for the Rockets. Uh, I I like him quite a bit. Um, you know, I saw that Jim Nagy tweeted about him earlier today. I've been kind of in the process of watching him over the last few days, just kind of uh, you know going to a game, coming back, going to a game, coming back. But basically, uh, you know, he's he's kind of he's more of a box safety. Uh, he plays in the box quite a bit. Uh, you know, just for for the team. Uh, I don't think he's really that type of guy that's going to play single high at the next level. Um, you know, he's built pretty, pretty well, 6'2", 205, um, and, and definitely has some length on him for sure. Uh, does really well in coverage, uh, man coverage against tight ends. Um, can play kind of that robber role where he can uh, get underneath those outs, curls from the outside receiver, uh, basically getting to his hook and curl flat zones. Uh, and, and able to undercut routes and, and get underneath those passes. So he does a really good job in, in kind of those instances. Uh, pretty solid tackler as well. Uh, makes plays, like I said, inside the box, outside of the box, uh, as a blitzer as well. Um, and and he plays a lot of special teams too, uh, quite a bit. I think he has like 600 snaps on special teams in college because uh, he's play. I think he's going to be a fifth or sixth year senior this year. So he's probably going to be one of those older prospects as well. Uh, but I, I think he can be uh, kind of that late round uh, priority UDFA type of guy uh, where teams are going to want him for a specific role. Uh, he's he's going to be a special team ace, I think, at the next level at the very least. And, uh, you know, can depending on, you know, how teams kind of view him, he could move to corner. He could stay at safety. I think it really depends on how they want to utilize him. But I definitely like him. Uh, in coverage against tight ends and, and some of those bigger slots uh, just with his size. But in in terms of, uh, you know, being a true safety, I don't think that's him. Uh, but but he's kind of one of those guys that can move around a little bit. Uh, Good on finish his ev- evaluation probably tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but like I said, it's probably going to be one of those later round grades or, or a priority D- UDFA is what I see him right now. And that's really all you can hope for a guy out of the Mac at this point. I mean, we're in the summer, you know, I I find at least that I'm being a little, you know, a little harder on, you know, on players um, in terms of the overall. Uh, I'm desperate to try to find more talent in the Sun Belt and FCS just because that's my conference. But on the whole, there's not like you, you tend to give more leeway. So, you know, for every Caleb Ellaby, there's going to be 10 priority UDFAs coming out of the MAC. And then Absolutely. even then, and then even then, there's no guarantee because again, it's a small school. Uh, the NFL has proven time and time again that they'd rather take like the backup tight end at uh, Auburn than the like, third string tight end. <laughs> yeah, then like the f- fucking you know leader in receiving yards from the MAC or the Sun Belt. Like that's just how it is. Uh, so you got to kind of roll, roll with the punches. Uh, by the way, the, the fact that the big shots literally were all given small school guys is just so fitting. It it fits the brand. It does fit the the brand. brand. Yeah. But yeah, uh, in, in terms of Mac players, uh, I'm also in the process of watching Justin Hall. Uh, he's extremely fun. 
Um, kind Ball of a, a player. Yep. Yeah, extremely fun. Um, Ball State's offense does anything they can to get him the ball. Like, I've seen so many gadget plays that they run. Like, they line up in the backfield. They send him in motion. Uh, they throw quick screens to him. They manufacture a lot of touches for him. Like, he will get the ball at least 10 to 15 times a game just on a variety of touches. Like, he's running the ball. You know, he's playing quarterback. Like, he, he's doing it all, you know. And I, I always like those type of players because – they are so good that they need to get the ball so many times. I'm a little worried, though, in terms of his projection, because he doesn't really have a true position. Like, he probably would be a slot at the next level, but I don't know how to really measure him against going against DBs in the MAC that probably won't make an NFL roster. So I worry about, is his speed a um, result of the conference and the competition he plays, or is it just his natural ability? You know, so I, I worry about that with him. Um, he also has short arms. So his, his, his target to throw him the ball, you have to pretty much throw it in the immediate area of him. Like he's shown the ability to go up and make some highlight reel catches, but in terms of going across the middle or, you know, outbreaking routes, you really have to hit him like in stride because he's not going to be those type of receivers where he can just plug the ball out of the air or reach out and snag it, you know? So I, I worry about Lewis catch radius kind of competition. I think at the next level, he can certainly be a special teams guy. Like he could be a returner because uh, he's very explosive with the ball in his hands. Um, but in, in terms of, uh, you know, like I said, pr projection, I mean, the Mac is very difficult to tell, especially with receivers, I think, um, you know, because I, I know, uh, you know, like for example, Isaiah McCoy was a guy that people like from uh, Kent State last year. Oh, man, and, I loved his film. And he ended up going undrafted. You know, he didn't get drafted because of the competition. He didn't really run that well. So. For for Justin Hall specifically, like I, I really like his game. He's very versatile, I, and he's kind of one of those guys that you can put all over the field. But you're going to have to manufacture touches with him at the next level for him to be effective, I think. Um, and his size is just not ideal. But like I said, there's going to be a role for him. I just don't know if it's going to be a, a very highly drafted guy. Like he's probably, if he gets selected, it will probably be in the seventh round because someone wants to take a dart throw at him and know exactly what they're getting in him. I love me some Mac wide receivers. Go back to Corey Davis. Um, uh, I will always be down for, for, for more hashtag action. Um, trying to think of there wasn't really a oh yeah you know what there were two guys from the Sun Belt outside of Morris that I really liked I got to watch the the safety tandem at Louisiana Lafayette uh Braylon Trayon and uh Percy Butler it's interesting um ULL kind of just interchanges them like so they are both kind of jack of all trades master of none um you know one play Butler will be lined up in the slot with Trey and single high. The next play they'll switch roles entirely. Uh, Butler is a little bit more well-rounded because I think that he um, has the upside to be, you know, 
used as a box safety, whereas Braylon Trey and one of his weaker traits was tackling. So I think that Butler, uh, and this is why Butler ended up grading higher, uh, just there are more places he can fill in on an NFL roster because he can line up in the slot. He can play single high. He can play in the box, whereas Tran, you need him basically either in the slot or playing single high. He's not a great tackler. Uh, there's a willingness to tackle, but not great, not great form. Whereas Butler, he's not the greatest finisher, but he'll at least wrap you and wait for someone. Whereas Tran, like he's an ankle biter. Uh, but you know, Butler had two picks. Tran had four. Uh, Tran had an interception return for a touchdown against what I want to say it was ULM. It wouldn't shock me if it was Louisiana Monroe because Louisiana Monroe was awful. Uh, almost got one against UAB as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, great in terms of uh, kind of shutting down his quarter of the field. Uh, is how I put in in the scouting report. Both really good players. Uh, Butler got a fourth from me. Tran got a fifth. Yeah, um, I, I heard a lot about Louisiana's defense because I, I spent most of the time when I was watching them last year, watching the offense, obviously, with Levi Lewis, Trey Regis, and uh, Elijah Mitchell. Um, but, yeah, th that defense was really good last year. And, you know, you, you encapsulate in your reports – but yeah, the, the secondary was kind of the, I don't want to say surprise, but um, kind of the the strength of that defense. You know, they were able to create turnovers and, you know, make plays on the football and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the games that Louisiana had to come back and win uh, was help to their defense because they were able to stop teams in the second half. I want to say their comeback game against Georgia State was basically – the second half, they made adjustments and, and slowed down that Georgia State offense. So we kind of got some dudes, man, again this year. And I would not be surprised to see if they have two or three more players drafted and, and someone's going to pluck uh, that the Louisiana head coach out of there. Uh, his yeah. name escapes me. Billy Napier. Yep. Uh, I would not be surprised if Butler – like Butler for me is a, is a, is a lock to get drafted at this point. Trey and – uh, I think Tran still got another year of eligibility left, so there's no guarantee that he comes out. But they also have a left tackle who I can't wait to get into, uh, Max Mitchell. And they have, I want to say it's a center. Uh, it's either a center or their guard. Or sorry, it's either uh, their center or one of their guards, uh, Osiris Torrance, which is just an amazing name. Uh, but he's like a redshirt sophomore, if I remember correctly. But he's already on like the watch list for offensive linemen uh, nationally. So. I mean, Louisiana Lafayette could have like two or three guys. I think Coastal Carolina is going to have like five uh, because – and that's even without Grace McCall likely, uh, you know, coming out. I think that he's going to be someone that goes back. But they have uh, Isaiah Likely, uh, Javon Hiley, uh, CJ Brewer, um, Jeffrey Gunter, Jordan Strong. They're – freaking loaded um and then georgia state has a few guys i've i've talked on here about shamarius gilmore i've talked on here about sam pinckney um it's a surprisingly talented conference uh i did not think i i'm already at like 20 25 reports for sunbelt players and i didn't think i was gonna have that total like by april uh but here we are 
Uh, the only pl- the only team I've watched so far that doesn't have a prospect that uh, that should be on anyone's radar is coming off of an 0-10 season, and that's Louisiana Monroe. They're bad. They're very bad. They're almost unwatchable, which the problem is, is that a lot of these players have their best game against Louisiana Monroe, which means I have to watch more Louisiana Monroe. Like, I mentioned Jerron Morris. His stat line for that game was one tackle, one interception, but it was a touchdown. But the problem is, is that that touchdown came at the very end of the game. I had to sit through a proper broadcast of that game. All right. That game took me over an hour to get through because I had to fast forward through all of the ULM offense. I'm sorry, uh, ULM defense, uh, because... Well, I mean, I would say defense, but what they are masquerading as a defense. Uh, Nick, you could run for 300 yards against them. I will say that much. They are bad. They're trying, as as Dante Colonelli would say. They are trying. Nick, you haven't talked in a bit. Let's let's hear some more Conference USA and, and, and American Athletic Conference guys. Well... I'm not really going to talk about Conference USA or, or, or the American right now. There's, I, I kind of want to turn my attention to the uh, ACC right quick. Um, watched a guy earlier today. I tweeted about him. Uh, tight end for Virginia Tech, James Mitchell. Uh, hmm. Virginia Tech's got some dudes. Yeah. So, I, I honestly, like, I came away relatively surprised. Like, I, I heard the name, you know, Throw it about it, you know, one of the top tight end prospects, kind of to keep an eye on for going into this year. I did not expect him to be as such a versatile of a player as, as I think is they used him. I, they they kind of put him everywhere. He played in line, H back, uh, in the slot, out wide. You know, they, they it actually the, the one play that I, I tweeted about. I, just, I didn't actually tweet the video of it, but uh, they lined him up at H back in the red zone, and then they uh, they. Gave him a handoff to, on an outside run, and for a touchdown of the one yard, and I'm like, okay, I like what you're doing here. I like where this is going. Um, the only thing like really negative I can really say about it that that is kind of bugging me is, is like, uh, I, I don't really see where he has much to offer as a route runner. Grant, I still gave him a, a a day two grade just based on a, um, you know. Uh, on his other skill, skills and stuff. I mean, he's relatively athletic, um, really good with the, really good with the ball in the air. Uh, I thought he's relatively aggressive at the catch point. Uh, hands are soft, tracks the ball well, all that, all that you know, good stuff. It's just that when, when Washington is a route runner, it seems granted he understands where to find you know spaces and zone and and really stick his hips and 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 you know you know get open. Just put it simply, it's just that I don't think that he offers that one dynamic trait or or move or, or any other kind of release pack or you know release that I, I would you know really you know it would really elevate him up as, as a prospect. I think he's a little bit limited in that regard. Um but overall um I really can't wait impressed with this film. I, I want to see what he does this year with uh Virginia Tech. Is Hendon Hooker still their quarterback or did he No, it's he's transferred to Tennessee. It's Braxton Burmeister. Okay. I have, who who I reportedly have. who reportedly ran the fastest mile per hour uh, at Virginia Tech summer workouts? Like he got to like twenty two or twenty three miles per hour running. Damn, 
like he was moving. Yeah, they got some they got some like athletic freaks on the Virginia Tech team. Amari Barno is another uh, player in their defense who I, I've seen a little bit in like uh, in passing, like real big tall guy, like six five, but he like he weighs like two hundred thirty eight pounds, like he's really really skinny. Um, anyway, get back to Mitchell though. No, Mitchell, I actually really do like um, really good, really good blocker. He has a lot a lot of good footwork quickness. He uses to cut off uh, uh you know you know defenders and stuff. You know. Placement looks good. He has a fair amount of aggression, which I like. Um, like I said, the, the the thing that big hang up with him is that I I don't I don't know how translatable his route running is because it, it's just it's just kind of I want to I don't want to be too colloquial at, at, with it, but it's not he he he's not perfect. Let me just put it that way. I'm 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 I've, I'm sorry. I've been <laughs> that is the nicest I'm, thing I've ever heard when someone's I've, trying to I've, be mean. I'm. I'm sorry. I've been awake. I've been awake since five a.m. I'm not exactly where you know here all the way, but yeah, I know exactly what you're trying to say. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? That's going to be. Uh, you know, we we talked about Virginia Tech a little bit uh, last week, I think, too. And obviously, Devin and I have talked extensively with Brock Hoffman, and when we, when we eventually get to previewing these conferences when that eventually happens boys the acc has a lot of talent and i think virginia tech is being slept on a lot because of the uncertainty around coaching and quarterback and all of that but the acc has a lot of talent i just don't think a lot of people realize how much there is um you know there there's more talent there than in some of these other conferences that that are constantly talked about ones that's making a lot of headways and can't even keep Kansas in their in their grasp well uh it's it's truly uh RIP to the Big 12 once yeah again, the Big 12 is gone we're sorry ben. like we're sorry ben ben you can take like the sun belt east i think is what it's got like you you can just take whatever whatever side of the conference has ulm that's your conference that's your conference now man like feel free to just sit there and watch i was gonna try to throw you a name of one of their players but i don't know any of them um i know doug peterson's son was there last year he's not on their roster this year yeah oh you're talking about josh peterson Peterson. That would be Peterson. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not there anymore. He didn't declare for the draft. He's also not at ULM. <clears throat> I think that says a lot. <laughs> that was saying much. Yep. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to go over before we get on out of here? Um, give a little plug. Uh, start over at Rise and Draft uh, with Ryan Roberts. I just want to give a plug to my uh, story on Rashad Wisdom, uh, Conference USA Safety for uh, UTSA. Uh, did a nice story on him. Uh, you know, he's it a really interesting player, a name to watch uh, for this upcoming year and next year because uh, he may come back for his senior season next year. I guess it depends on on what happens this year and whatnot. But uh, really good. Really good uh, skills on on the uh, on the field. Uh, really good story off the field as well. Uh, so uh, give that a read. You can can check that out on my Twitter uh, timeline. Uh, you can check that out. That story out. Uh, really really cool story. Nick, you got anything you want to plug? 
Uh, not especially right now, other than the fact I'm probably going to be starting a new job if providing an interview Friday goes well. So that's exciting. I'll, I'll finally be financially independent. Yo, y'all drop those uh, fingers crossed emojis down in the chat there for Nick. All right. For, for those that are still watching right now, drop those fi drop those fingers crossed emojis. Um, as for me, I mean, I'm still plugging away. I've got a list of guys from the Sun Belt that I have to watch in the next week or so. It's like four or five guys. Try to knock those out. Try to get uh, a couple of uh, Power 5 guys watched as well. Um, other than that, I'm probably going to try to do like one or two long form articles in the next week or so, uh, maybe two weeks. And there's a big uh, article that I cannot wait to write. That's going to be coming up at the end of the month. Uh, Nick and Devin already know what that, what that project is. And when it, when it's, when it's finally released, I'm going to be very happy. Um, and I hope that the, the readers are as well. Um, but you know, we've been going now for about 45 minutes, which is kind of that sweet spot I've found in terms of podcast length that it, it allows, you know, more listener retention ship. So, um, that's going to do it for today. Uh, if you are new to the show, please, uh, you know, leave a review, uh, helps with the algorithms in terms of all of the Apple and Spotify nonsense. Uh, if you're new watching this live, obviously follow um, Blue Chip Scouting. If you're watching this on YouTube, please drop a like and subscribe and hit the bell notification. That definitely helps us out with the YouTube algorithms. YouTube algorithms hate small channels like us. Uh, they will do everything in their power to make sure nobody finds us. So the more you hit, smash that thumbs up and hit that bell notification, the more likely people are to actually find us, which would be great. Um, but until next time, guys, uh, follow me on Twitter, Mike H underscore draft. Uh, follow Nick on Twitter at price check three. Follow Devin at real D underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter, big shots pod. Follow blue chip scouting at blue chip scout. Uh, find our work on blue chip scouting.com. Um, oh, buy the merch. And uh, we haven't mentioned this in a while. Uh, built bar hash uh, the promo code big shots, all one word. And uh blue chip i think is the promo code for manscaped i'm a terrible sponsorship reader um i have ad reads but i've literally been too lazy to actually formulate them this is a great way to end the show i am aware uh but hey it wouldn't be the episode 100 big shots extravaganza if mike didn't go on a ramble uh, a rambling rampage in which nothing really makes sense and he manages to fuck up about four or five things so uh until next time guys take it easy <laughs>